0: Values are a set of reinforcers that you never get satiated on. Mindfulness, diffusion. Today, we are talking all about ACT acceptance and commitment therapy. I had the delight of talking with Kate Nasuti. She is really just a wealth of information. She has been in the field for over 20 years, and she has used the science of applied behavior analysis to help improve the lives of others. She has worked in a Variety of settings schools, group homes, client homes, hospitals, and clinics. And while the majority of her career has embodied supporting and teaching children with developmental disabilities and their families, Kate has most recently created a practice where she's bringing this work to outside of the world of early intervention. And she has extensive training in acceptance and commitment therapy. And she is providing. Opportunities for people to consult with her, um, which works on bringing their whole selves to work, clarifying values, cultivating mindfulness, meditation, and self care practices, and improving communication. Kate is a BCBA, but she is also a yoga instructor, um, which I just love and adore that combination. She's really a wealth of information. She came on to uh, ABA speech last year, and we did a CEU talk for speech therapists and BCBAs all about burnout. Um, That course is available inside the ABA Speech Connection membership as a self-guided course. I will include that link in the show notes. This is a delightful conversation today. Um, And the one thing we talk about is, you know, are you happy in your current work setting? Um, What are things that we can do to feel that way, to feel satisfied and to connect with our values? So if you want to learn more about ACT or if any of those things sound right up your alley, I hope that you will tune in. This is a really uplifting talk with Kate today.
1: You're listening to Autism Outreach Podcast a podcast full of ready-to-use strategies to help those with autism strengthen their communication skills. Here's
0: your host, Rose Griffin of ABA Speech, a speech therapist and board-certified behavior analyst who shares tips you can use in your next therapy session. Welcome to the Autism Outreach Podcast. We have a great chat for you today. I have with us Kate Nasuti. Thanks so much, Kate, for coming on to the show. I'm excited that you're here. Thanks, Rose. Thanks for having me. And I think I found out about your work because I was doing some market research on some other uh, clinicians' websites probably last year. And I saw that you had done something with um, Megan DeLeon. I think she's using that last, her last name now, and uh, Dr. DeLeon. And she is a, co- a colleague and friend of mine. And I really loved what you had talked about. So then last year, you did a CEU for us, which is now in our membership um, about burnout. And we did it in the month of May, which I always think is really good because May is hilarious. Always so stressful. So it was a really, it was really well received. So thank you for for doing that. Everyone is is benefiting from that info. Um, and then I was like, oh my goodness, I haven't had you on the podcast. I would love to have you come and share with maybe some other people that did not hear that talk um, or not in the ABA Speech Connection membership. So um, thanks for for coming on today. And can you tell those of us uh, listening in a little bit about you and your journey into the field?
1: Yes. Um, so I. I'm a board-certified behavior analyst. I've been for 13 or 14 years now. Um, been in the field of ABA for 20 plus. Um, I started as a paraprofessional in a school, working one-on-one with kids, and then I kind of bounced all around. I've worked in group homes, I worked in clinics, um, and ended. That part of my career with running, uh being a clinical director, running different clinics here in California and back in Florida, where I am usually based out of. Um, And in that journey, I fell in love with acceptance commitment therapy, acceptance commitment training. I worked for a company called First Steps out here in L.A. and had the privilege of working with such amazing individuals as Dr. Tarbox and Dr. Gould and really dove into ACT's. Um, under their guidance. Um, and that has really informed this part of my career, which is, um, doing private coaching. And so I do parent coaching and I do private coaching. Um, and I like to say humans with little humans and humans without little humans. Um, and uh, I, I use acts, I use behavior analysis and some other modalities to really help people who wouldn't normally have access to like, the greatness of the science and the work that we do, which was something, you know, in the end of in the, end of the part of my career that looked very much like what the career as a BCBA looked like. I was like, I want to get this to other people. This mm-hmm. is so powerful and impactful. And so that's what I'm doing now. And I'm really excited about it and just loving it.
0: Well, that's amazing. I love that. So for those of us that may be new to what ACT is, and for speech therapists, we don't really talk about it a lot. But I think for BCBAs too, it could be a newer topic. I know for me, I've been licensed about 12 years as a BCBA and... I only know about ACT because of going to ABAI and going to conferences and workshops and seeking out people like you. Um, and we did one other episode, I think, with Cody Harms. He's actually out your way too. He's a BCBA in um the LA area. Um, but I just think I'm always I've always been big on self-improvement and self-development and self-help books. So, like when I was growing up, or you know, if there's something I I just always want to be like the best version of myself. I thought it would always be fun to be a life coach. I know that's like a whole other certification. I'm never going to do that. But I, I feel like there's so many applications of, you know, just being the best you feeling comfortable. I love the idea with ACT talking about your values. And there's just like so much of it that aligns with who I am as a practitioner in person. And I think that it can help in just so many different ways. But I think that it's like a newer area for some people. So can you give us a working definition of what ACT is?
1: Sure thing. Um, first just want to I connect with the fact that when I used to go to Barnes and Nobles, like I was living in that self-help aisle. I loved all same, of it. Same. <laughs> um, a working definition of ACT. Um, so what we're looking at with ACT is we're just looking at behavioral or psychological flexibility. So just our ability to move flexibly, um, really in the world, which you know, the opposite of flexibility. Flexibility is rig- rigidity, rigidity, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how we kind of use this, not kind of, but how we use our values, how we get mindful, how we work with our thoughts, how we take some committed action so that we can move in ways that are in the service of our values instead of away from them. So, that's kind mm-hmm. of a really quick, um, quick way of describing what ACT helps us do. And there's these processes within ACT that get us there, that get us to really functioning as
0: behaviorally flexible human beings. Yeah, I love that idea of being the psychological flexibility. (laughs) Because I think, you know, especially with COVID and all the things that have happened, you know, the only thing that is continuous is change. And I think that can be can be really hard for people. I know last year, I just focused on ABA speech. Prior to that, I worked part-time in a school. Then I started this business almost seven years ago now. So that was a huge change to go from working outside in the world to working from home every day. This year, I've actually... My own school district where my kids go, which is five minutes from my house, they had a part time SLP job. So I actually took it. Uh, Definitely not for the money. It's because it's the joy of like that type of work is joyous to me. And I I like the idea of like looking at your values because I think so many people, just like you said, I know in your career journey, what you have said before, like you were operating really kind of like is what we think of as like a clinical director or what you were doing as a BCBA. Sometimes we're in these positions in our lives and maybe it's not like aligning with our values. And I, I like to be able to reflect on that because sometimes when you're an adult, you're like, well, this is what I do and this is my job and this is what I have to do. But for me, taking that step back from what I had always done, I was like, oh, I like to start my day with Pilates. Oh, look, I'm not in the car for 90 minutes. I can spend time with my kids and I can pick them up from school. And sometimes as adults, we just, we are so rigid. And, and what we think we need to do that I just love to dialogue about this because you have to ask yourself, am I happy today? You know, and I think that's why talking to you, people were like, oh, this is this is a good CEU. I feel so good about it. But for those of us that don't understand all the core processes of ACT, can you kind of just highlight uh, that for us? And then I think we'll dig a little deeper on a couple of them. Cool.
1: Well, yeah. Um. So we have our mindfulness. Uh, we have def- uh so every kind of one has the opposite of it. So we have mindfulness, which is, you know, our our in, our in um, kind of pointed attention versus the opposite of that, which will be our scattered attention or our scattered approach at looking at our thoughts or not even looking at our thoughts, really. Um, we have diffusion, um, which is the opposite of fusion. So diffusing, giving ourselves some distance from the things that we're Maybe the rules that we're making about ourselves or the thoughts that we're especially the thoughts that we're thinking. We've got um, committed action, which is actually what we do behaviorally to 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 work into this idea of psychological flexibility or behavioral flexibility. We've got um, self as context. Which is always the trickiest one for myself included, so I'll skim right past it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, context, context is really about perspective taking. Mm-hmm. It's very Buddhist in like what um, you know, what what we are in the world versus what we like, how we show up in the world as a whole versus like what other people see. Um, it's a really cool one, but it, it can be a little bit trickier. Um, what else do we have? We have. Values,
0: yeah. that one I know. That, that one, one just feels
1: so big that it's almost like, how does it even get on a list? Like it's, like, it's not, the whole
0: thing. It's not the whole thing,
1: yeah. um, and I'll get that last one. It'll come to me.
0: Okay, um, yeah, and I, I love this this idea. So, so for act to actually utilize this as a clinician. Do you have to have special certifications or what is the, because I feel like, you know, when I went to the talks at ABAI, which is kind of like the, for BCBAs, it's kind of like the equivalent of ASHA for speech therapists. It's like the biggest conference, I think. Um, I was going to those talks more of like not how to use it with clients, but it's almost like how you can use it for yourself, going back to the self-help. I, I too is at Barnes and Noble's looking at it in the self-help section. I love that section. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you're going to, like, I know that obviously taking professional development and we want to practice within our competence and things like that, but are there different certifications where people are like, oh, you know, this sounds amazing. I really think I could help, you know, parents who have an autistic child, or I could help, you know, this with so many other people. What What is kind of the trajectory? Is it just kind of using yourself to know that you're practicing with, in your competence? Or how does one get more information about this, I guess? Um,
1: it's, I think it's a fun, really funny great question because as behavior analysts and um a recovering rigid person yeah. um it was very much for me of like well I need to get the the certification and I need to yeah. have the credentials to be able to talk about this thing and right. like that was I was so fused and so rigid for so long of like not actually helping people because right. I needed to be able to help them perfectly to be right. able to help them. Um, that version of me feels very far away and I thank ACT for that, um, and other modalities that I, I, uh, partake in, but, um, you know, I got a, I got a really big permission slip from, um, you know, the, my mentors, um, mm-hmm. and, and Dr. Tarbox that like, just start feeling into it. And again, like you said, using it for yourself, mm-hmm. reading, going to an ACT camp. Um, I can't recommend that enough, uh, as a, I'm also a yoga instructor mm-hmm. and i have gone on a handful of yoga retreats, and my mm-hmm. first ACT boot camp, I'm like, I feel like this is almost like a yoga retreat, but nobody here knows that. <laughs> right. So much, you know, so much work on ourselves, and mm-hmm. um, you know, there's always different CES and opportunities to to learn. Um, I actually, um, I I'm part of, I, I signed up for the ACT. I forget what he's calling it, but Dr. Hayes has this whole ACT um, curriculum uh on praxis that you can sign up and you have lifelong access to his to to that course i can't recommend liberated mind by dr hayes enough um dr russ russ Harris's book um there's so much out there um and there's you know not just related to how to help parents of kids on the spectrum or you know using aim or the other curriculums just like really on the the personal development side of it. And that is really where I started with it, where I was like, I just mm-hmm. really, this resonates so much for me as someone who, and I talk about this when I talk about my, my personal journey was very much of exploring yoga and, and meditation and mindfulness. And mm-hmm. I, I call myself a Buddhist and I had all these things going on outside of the clinic, right? Where I was using ABA mm-hmm. and just felt like this beautiful bridge mm-hmm. for me personally of like oh there's a science and there's this way of relating to to all of these things that is scientifically sound
0: mm-hmm. that kind
1: of feels like I get to talk about these things over here mm-hmm. now a permission mm-hmm. to, to talk about this because at the end of the day all of it could be converted into act or behavior analysis or translate right. I should say
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, So for those of us listening, could you just touch on like the values, I guess, thinking about that core process, like how is that something, I guess, as an example, like how could we utilize that core process like in our everyday lives? Like, let's say, because I know that you've had this kind of journey with your career of of more traditional BCBA. Now you're doing some coaching. And I love that. I know when I found out you're a BCBA and yoga instructor, that's really because of, for people that don't know to become a yoga instructor is very, very hard. There are so many hours. I actually I am friends with a soccer um, soccer mom, a fellow soccer mom. She's a a doctor and she is also a yoga instructor. And I was like, whoa, it is just, it's so much time. So thank you for doing that. Um, because yoga is great for people. So how can we use like just for an example, the values process? What would that look like kind of like in a in a real life, more of a professional, like a personal development way, I guess?
1: Yeah, I just want to uh, comment on the yoga thing. That's so funny. is what is the main reason why people don't start practicing yoga that I hear all the time. I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible, and right. I just have to crack up because act is all about flexibility. Right. So right. I'm just like I always like to say, flexibility is my favorite f word. Yeah, um, yeah that's cute. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I mean, flexibility is a value for me, too, Since you know, to bridge that. Um, so how, does, how do my value? Well, I think first, the most important thing, um, and there's, you know, through Russ Harris's book and Dr. Hayes's book, you know, all these different, um, there's different ways to do this values clarification.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. A lot of people go walking around talking about their values and my values, I, I am really moving into my values. And I don't think that people are actually looking at what they are. Right. And the thing that comes up for people a lot, and I work with this with my clients in the values clarification exercise, is a lot of time we're, times we're living off someone else's values. They're not mm. actually our values. And I love the values clarification work. You you know, we talk about in ACT as like values are an orientation. um, And Dr. Tarbox has said this. It's it's like it's a set of reinforcers that you never get satiated on. Mm -hmm. Um, You're continuing to move towards those. Like, I'm never going to say, oh, I'm a good enough aunt. I'm going to stop now. Um, Mm -hmm. Continue to move in those directions. And so to get clear on them and not just say, oh, yeah, I have this value of family. Like, what does that actually really mean? Um, I always use this quote um, when it comes to values clarification exercises. It was actually Michelangelo, Michelangelo who said um, when they asked him how he was able to create such like a brilliant piece of art as David. He said, "Well, I just chipped away all the parts that weren't David." Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is what values clarification is because we have so many things that we live with and so many ways that we're trying to be in the world that actually aren't ours. They're our parents or their societies or you know. And so just to be like, who am I really? Like, it's such a beautiful, a beautiful exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, It's scary for people, because it might mean once I see, I'm not living into my values, like, oh, change might need to happen to -hmm. get me in that way. So, um, so yeah, I mean, first off, just the clarification. And I mean, I would even say, like, on a regular basis of checking in with like, you know, what is important to me right now in this context, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, act as a contextual behavioral science, behavior science. So we look at everything as like, I'm in a very different context right now. I'm not living at home in Florida. I'm out here in California doing some work and networking and, and um, filling up my loveometer, as I like to call it, because <laughs> my people are out here. And so in these moments right now, I do have to ask myself, my values are... They're still similar, but a little bit different than when I'm in my regular context in my regular place. Mm -hmm. And something that just came up for me: I had the beautiful um, opportunity to go celebrate an old client's graduation Mm -hmm. on Friday night from the clinic that I ran here. Mm -hmm. And I worked with this client for you know probably like six or seven years, and he's graduating the program. And the parents wanted us to celebrate, and by you know by such a beautiful synchronicity, I was here in town, Mm -hmm. and I had two other kind of social occasions to 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 go to that night, after the graduation. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment where I was kind of looking at my phone and like, okay, it's getting closer to seven, one of those things ends at nine, one of those things starts at seven, do I want to go? And I literally, like, I feel it in my body of like, you know, as I was starting to make that decision to like, oh, wrap up and leave. I literally was like, you are so steeped in values right here, looking at your old colleagues and looking at this child, this young man Mm -hmm. and receiving all of this love, my value of service, my -hmm. value of compassion, my value of love, my value of, um, I mean, all of it was just like, why would I leave this moment right now? (laughs) You know, and yeah, there there was other reinforcement out there and there are other values that I could move towards, but like that, that, that identification that like, I want to stay in this because Mm -hmm. I'm so aligned right now. Mm-hmm. Um, to inform my next moves. And right. that's what I love about the values. Like when I talk about an orientation, it's like, you know, what is my next move? And is it moving me towards something or is it moving me away from something?
0: Yeah. Um, oh, that sounds ah, wonderful.
1: There goes the sixth process that... <laughs> oh, she got it. What was it? What is it? <laughs> oh, okay. Because the moving away is escaping or avoiding. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, a lot of how we make our moves in life is just to avoid things. But as we're moving away from the things that maybe, you know, they feel uncomfortable in the present moment, we're escaping or avoiding some discomfort, we're actually moving away from our values. So the acceptance piece of it is really opening ourselves up. And Dr. Hayes always does this with his hands, like opening ourselves up to the whole experience. Yes, this might feel a little bit uncomfortable and
0: mm-hmm. I'm
1: moving towards something that I'm gonna care about. I that I care about or that's gonna, you know, ultimately mm-hmm. smaller, longer later larger later, it's ultimately gonna feel good to me.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I I love how you said it's a set of reinforcers that you never get satiated on or that you never get enough of. I've never heard that uh, described that way. So So good. I just feel like there's so much work that people could do applying this to themselves um, and their clients too. But I just, I know so many people, you know, just having worked in different settings, you see people and you're like, Ooh, that person's unhappy at work. I think they need. I think they need some act in their life. I think they need the values. I think they need a lot of this work. Um, because life is. I think that's what COVID showed. Is like it's like life is too short to be doing things that you don't love and enjoy. Now, now everybody can't you know just quit their job or you know do whatever. But I do think it's good to like think about this in in your own lives. And yeah, are you you know the values? Um clarification. I like that. So I think that's a nice call to action for everybody listening today um, is just to kind of to think that one through. So and thank you so much for talking about the different books, because I think those are good. Um, it's definitely an area that I just think is fun to learn more about. So and this was great information is um, where can people find out more about you and your work? Um, I, have- so I have a website
1: www.katenasudi.com Pretty simple. Nice. Okay. Um, my Instagram is called shifts with Kate. Um, I'm actually, I can't announce it yet, but I'm partnering with a a new platform where I'll be offering services through there. Um, I'll be announcing that in my Instagram and uh, my website. Oh, great. Um, Can I add in one really cool thing about for those out there that are feeling unhappy about their jobs currently. Yeah. Um, I had a client that I was working with who was actually a dental hygienist and she was really unhappy with her job and was like, I just need to get out of this job, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I need to pay my mortgage and, you know, yeah. human, human reasons why we don't leave our job. <laughs> so instead of telling this person, you have to leave your job, I said, well, let's reexamine your values. Let's examine them. And let's see if you can look around every day and start to orient to how you're actually living in your values every day in your job. And we did that work and it kind of, we moved on to doing different things. And about six months after we started to work together, she's rattling off something. And she's like, and you know, because I love my job. And I looked at her and I was like, what did you just say? And she said, well, I mean, I love my job. It's going really well. And I was like, I need to ask you this then. What has changed about your job? Right. Same Dennis, same colleagues, mm-hmm. same patients who sometimes clomp down when your hand's in the Right, mouth. right, right. What has changed? Absolutely nothing. Nothing changed about her job. What changed was her orientation towards how she actually is in her values every day. Yes. And so to those people feeling stuck, it's like there's so much power, there's so much liberation. Dr. Hayes calls this book, A Liberated Mind, towards how we can, we don't have to make these big sweeping moves
0: right. to live in
1: our values. Sometimes we're already living in them, we're just not noticing.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's
1: this piece,
0: just starting yeah. to notice.
1: Especially. Oh, I love
0: that. Oh my gosh, so good. Oh my goodness. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I'm following you on Instagram. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for coming on. It was it was a delight to chat. Nice pleasure.
1: It's so nice to see you again.
0: Thanks for listening to Autism Outreach. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode full of actionable strategies you can use in your therapy room. Write a review too. That would mean so much to me. I always love hearing from you. Have a specific topic that you want included on a future show? Reach out over on Instagram, ABA Speech by Rose, or visit me at www.abaspeech.org.